Hotep, everybody. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. Welcome to the African History Network show. It is Tuesday, November, tw I'm sorry, it is Wednesday, November 24th, 2021, and we are live. It's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021, and we are live. And what a difference a day makes. Now, we weren't supposed to broadcast live uh today as i said on my tuesday show um you know the radio station is um shut down for the holidays so we weren't scheduled to broadcast on wednesday but i said I, because the verdict came out today in the mcmichael bryan murder trial in the murder of ahmaud arbery i said look we're gonna uh come on and broadcast live to uh discuss what happened today and uh we're broadcasting a little later than normal but we're here okay so i want to break down uh some what happened today hope everybody's doing well you know we posted about it on our facebook fan page the african history network posted about it on on my uh, instagram page uh the ahn show on instagram um, post about it on my personal page as well. Okay. So we're going to go through, look at the charges, look at what happened, share this broadcast on social media platforms, invite your friends to tune in also special edition of the African history network show. Um, and you know, we focus on educating, empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now let's correct wrong behavior. All right, so we've been covering this case uh, every day. And on yesterday's show, uh, if you go back and watch uh, uh, our Tuesday show, Tuesday, November 23rd, I said that it's a good chance that um, they come back, the jury comes back with a, a verdict before Thanksgiving uh, because they wanted to work later on Tuesday. And... Um, the, the judge told them to come back at 8.30 a.m. on uh, Wednesday morning. So we got a verdict today, and this was uh, heard uh, around the world. This was heard around the world. All right, so let's look at, um, I'm gonna, we're going to look at the uh, live updates from New York Times and we're going to look at a couple articles and um, share a couple uh, video clips as well. Okay, so if we look at Associated Press has a really good uh, Associated Press has a good article. And as I said on yesterday's show, they're going to be found guilty. Now, I also said that William Roddy Bryan uh, would probably uh, is a is a good possibility because we dealt with interlocking charges on Tuesday show. We dealt with interlocking interlocking charges that the jury had to uh, consider. So I said, it's a good chance that he's found guilty on lesser charges than the other two, which is, and, and that's what happened. And also Brian did not have a gun. The other two were armed. Brian was not armed. He had his vehicle, but he wasn't armed with the, with the a firearm. Okay. So just very quickly here, if we look at uh, this article here from the Associated Press, uh, three men charged in Ahmaud Arbery's death, convicted of murder. Okay, the three stooges, Larry, Curly, and Moe, um, 
and they still have to be sentenced. They could get up to life in prison. Uh, William Bryan would probably get less time. Verdicts in Aubrey, uh killing trial, the Michael Bryan murder trial. So uh, you had uh, malice murder, one count each. Greg McMichael was found not guilty of malice murder. Travis McMichael was found guilty of malice murder. And he was the one who did the shooting, the only one who did the shooting, Travis McMichael, the son. William Roddy Bryan found not guilty of uh, malice murder. Felony murder, uh, four counts each of felony murder. Uh, the, the, uh, the two McMichaels were found guilty on all four counts and, um, Brian found guilty on three counts, not guilty on one count, um, aggravated assault, two counts each, uh, the McMichaels guilty on both counts of aggravated assault, Brian guilty on one count, not guilty on the other false imprisonment, all three guilty, uh, of false imprisonment. Criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment, criminal intent, attempt to commit false imprisonment, all three guilty for criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. Okay. The jury deliberated for uh, a little less than 12 hours. I want to go over and look at the, um, we're going to go over and look at the, uh, reporting for the New York Times on this and break this down. Um, New York Times has uh, some really good reporting, good live updates. So we've been sharing that each day on the show. Three men uh, are found guilty of murdering Ahmaud Arbery. And let me do this here. Let's scroll down. We've got all of it. Okay should have all of it all right so we know three white men found guilty uh of murdering Ahmad Arbery the three defendants Travis McMichael uh, uh 35 years old his father Greg McMichael and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan face sentences of up to life in prison face sentences of up to life in prison okay and um they uh you know <laughs> there's probably some cussing going on tonight and <laughs> them pointing fingers at each other and whoo it's uh <laughs> uh yeah it's it's gonna be crazy in prison um the men have also been indicted on separate federal charges so there's going to be a federal trial as well in February 2022. So it's not over for them. Now they still have to be sentenced in this trial. They're also, they will also face uh, a federal hate crimes trial, uh, a federal trial uh, dealing with uh, including hate crimes and attempt, attempted kidnapping. And they are expected to stand trial in February 2022 on these charges. So it's not over for them. All right. They, th this is, I mean, you know, you remember the um for um I think it was I think Snickers had the commercial wanna get away and they show somebody screwing up something and ask do you want to get away? This is this if 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 anybody ever wanted to have a do over, 
if anybody ever wanted to be able to turn back the hands of times or something like that, the I mean, these guys right here should have just left Ahmad Arbery alone. Just call the police and just say he went that away. Okay, should have just left him alone. But they, they, this is just stupid. This is just stupid. Um, I'm not I, I, I'm not sure if there will be a civil trial. I, I, I'm not. It could be. I'm not. I'm not certain on the civil trial yet, so I don't want to comment on that. Um, okay, so the verdict suggested that the jury agreed with the prosecutor's arguments that Ahmad Arbery posed no imminent threat to the men, and that's what we've been saying here night after night after night on the show. No imminent threat to the men, and that the men had no reason to believe he had committed a crime giving them no legal right to chase him through their, through their suburban neighborhood. Quote, you can't start, you can't start it and claim self-defense. The lead prosecutor, Linda Dunikowski, uh argued in her closing statements. She said, and they started this and they started this. Now the outcome of the trial drew praise from uh, Aubrey's family who had watched the proceedings from inside the courthouse for weeks and uh, from civil rights leaders and activists across the country. Wanda Cooper Jones, Ahmaud Arbery's mother said, I never thought this day would come, but God is good. Cause remember it took 74 days for these men to be charged. Cause the original prosecutor, Jackie Johnson did not want to prosecute the case. It took 74 days for them to be charged. Uh, from the beginning, now, Governor Brian Kemp, who needs to be voted out of office, he's up for re-election in 2022. Remember, he stole the election from Governor Brian Kemp, Republican, said he hoped the verdicts would help, quote, lead to a path of healing and reconciliation, end quote. Okay. But but you signed Senate Bill S-202, the, the voter suppression bill. And when you signed it, it was nothing but white men in the room. And behind you was a painting of a famous slave plantation in Georgia, the Callaway Plantation. President Joe Biden said the outcome reflected the justice system doing its job. But Mr. Arbery's death uh, is a devastating reminder of how far we have to go in the fight for racial justice in this country. End quote. Keep in mind the uh, as we've been talking about here, the uh, citizen arrest law that they used uh, after the fact as justification to chase Ahmaud Arbery, that law dates back to 1863 during the Civil War when Georgia was part of the Confederacy. That law dates back to 1863 during the Civil War when Georgia was part of the Confederacy. And the law was specifically created to uh, target fugitive runaway slaves who were running away from Georgia plantations, running behind union lines. This is, this is where that law comes from. So as I've been saying here on this show, when we talk about repairing the damage of slavery and the legacy of slavery, Jim Crow, Jim Crow segregation, redlining, housing discrimination, et cetera, you have to go and change the laws and policies that are still in place that are a legacy of slavery. 
read this article here from fastcompany.com. Now, this is from July 20th, 2020. July 20th, 2020. Uh, it was five months after Ahmad Arbery was killed. He was killed July 20. He was killed February 23rd, 2020. The troubling history of citizens' arrests from slave patrols to Ahmad Arbery to ICE. The troubling history of citizens' arrests from slave patrols to Ahmad Arbery to ICE. And uh, in the in the article, it goes through and it breaks down how uh, it, it dates back to 1863. And it gives, it gives uh, uh, some of the history of citizens' arrest laws, and they uh, trace them back to England uh, also. We'll come back. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the article from New York Times. We'll come back to the one from Fast Company. Um, so uh, until the verdicts uh, were announced, uh, Ahmad Arbery's family and friends were on edge. Uh, let's see. Let's continue here. Some people were uh, on edge because of what happened in the, in the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, uh, trial. And we went through and broke down that trial as well. We dealt with Wisconsin state law, uh, self-defense state law, and Wisconsin gun laws. It's a totally different trial. Uh, juror, let's see, Jackie Johnson, the local prosecutor who initially handled the case, lost her bid for re-election in 2020 and was indicted this year by a Georgia grand jury a, a, accused of showing favor and affection to Gregory McMichael, a former investigator in her office, and for uh, directing police officers not to arrest Travis McMichael, directing police officers not to arrest Travis McMichael. Now, the case was ultimately tried uh, by district attorneys, by the district attorney's office in Cobb County, uh, Georgia, which is roughly 300 miles away from Brunswick in metropolitan Atlanta. Now, th this goes to how important the prosecutors are and prosecutors are elected positions, county prosecutors, district attorneys, things like this. This shows how important uh, it is to have the right prosecutors in office. The case brought a political upheaval. Governor Brian Kemp, Republican, signed a hate crime statute into law and sided with state lawmakers when they voted to repeal significant portions of the state's citizens arrest uh, statute. So that was in May 2021, where they repealed the uh, state citizens arrest statute. Now, during the trial, defense lawyers relied on the citizen's arrest law, which was enacted in the 19th century. They argued that their clients had acted legally when on a sunny day, a sunny day, a Sunday afternoon in February 2020, they set out in two pickup trucks in an effort to detain Ahmad Arbery, an avid jogger and former high school player, a uh, football player who spent nearly five minutes trying to run away from them. Okay, eventually trapped between the two pickup trucks, Ahmad Arbery then ended up in a confrontation with Travis McMichael, who was armed with a 12-gauge shotgun and fired at Ahmad Arbery three times at close range. Uh, Travis McMichael testified that he feared that Ahmad Arbery, who had no weapon, would get control of the shotgun from him and threaten his life. All right, now, 
Uh, okay, I want to go to I want to go to this clip here from we'll go to this clip from the Black News Channel here in just a minute. Uh, the men each faced a nine count indictment. For each count, they were charged individually and as parties concerned in the commission of a crime. Okay, for each count, they were charged individually and as parties concerned in the commission of a crime. These counts included malice, uh, murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal attempt uh, to commit the felony of false imprisonment. Now, under Georgia law, under Georgia law, and this is why we have to look at these state laws so much. Okay, this is why we have to look at these state laws, and many of these state laws need to be changed. Like in Wisconsin, we went through on this show, and those that watch normally, you know, we went through on this show and we dealt with uh, Wisconsin state law, self defense law. And under Wisconsin self defense law, even if you provoke the situation, you can still claim self defense if you fear that your life is in danger or you're in danger of imminent bodily harm. That's Wisconsin state law. State state laws vary from state to state. We went through, so we broke that down with Kyle Rittenhouse. We also, on this show, we broke down the Wisconsin gun law because there is a subsection to the Wisconsin gun law that allows minors to possess long guns, allows, allows minors in Wisconsin, 16, 17-year-olds, to, to possess shotguns or rifles as long as the barrel length is over 12 inches or over one foot. That's Wisconsin state law. There's a subsection in the law that Kyle Rittenhouse's defense argued allowed him to possess the gun because the barrel of the AR-15 was 16 inches long. And the prosecution and the, the, the Wisconsin Gun law is very it is very hard to understand. It's not is not clearly written, clearly defined. And the prosecution misread the gun law. Judge Schroeder said it took him some time to go through and really understand the law because it's poorly written. Okay, so this this the politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, pound resources. In the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. That's why we have to go through and a lot of these laws in these various states have to be rewritten or struck down altogether. Okay, so under Georgia law, malice murder is applied when a person is found to have deliberately set out to kill somebody. When a person is found to deliberately set out to kill someone. It's like it's like first degree murder, okay? It's like first degree murder in other states. So some states call it malice murder, other states will call it first degree murder. The charge of felony murder applies when a death results in the course of another felony, okay? So like armed robbery. Uh you you're robbing a bank and you end up shooting a security guard, okay? That's felony murder. The charge of felony murder applies when the death results in the course of committing another felony.
regardless of whether the person intended to kill someone or not. Now, both carry a sentence of up to life in prison. Both malice murder or felony murder in the state of Georgia carry a sentence of up to life in prison. Now, the jury found Travis McMichael, the man who shot Ahmaud Arbery, guilty on all nine counts, including malice murder and felony murder. Gregory McMichael was found not guilty on malice murder, but guilty on all other counts uh, he faced, including felony murder. William Bryan, who did not have a gun, was found not guilty on malice murder. He was found not guilty on one count of felony murder and one count of aggravated assault, but found guilty on three counts of felony murder and three other charges. So he was found guilty on um, six of nine charges. Okay. Um, William Bryan, he's found guilty on six of nine charges. Okay. Now I want to go to this clip here from um, the black news channel. Um, making the case with your deed to wold from today. Okay, just a second here. Let me get my graphic up. How's everybody doing? Share this broadcast on your social media platforms. Invite your friends to tune in. Special edition of the African History Network show. I had not planned to go live today because the radio station is, sh is shut down for of the holidays we'll be back on live uh sunday 9 p.m to 11 p.m eastern standard time so i was going to take a little break but since the verdict came out today i said okay we'll we'll, we'll broadcast tonight kwanzaa is coming and the kwanzaashop.com has all of your kwanzaa needs order your kwanzaa set today which includes a kanara candles a mat a cup the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American, Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. 
Die, Willie. It's Die. Die. the Ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill a ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the Matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Okay, let me go to this clip here. Just a second. Stand by. And since we're not on the radio, I have to operate the boards and all that. I don't have Shakita or Jalen here to operate the boards, so I'm doing everything. Stand by. After less than 12 hours of deliberation, a jury returned guilty verdicts for all three men accused of murdering Ahmaud Arbery. Travis McMichael, Greg McMichael, and William Bryan now face a possible life sentence. BNC's Drake Clark has been our eyes and ears covering this case from the beginning, and he joins me live from Brunswick with the latest. Drake? Yo, D, good evening again. You know, the reason why so many people cried and cheered so loudly earlier is because, remember, it wasn't until 74 days after Ahmad Arbery died that someone was charged. It took protests and massive media attention to get those indictments. And now tonight we can say what happened to Ahmad Arbery was murder. Count one, malice murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. We, the jury, find the defendant, Greg McMichael, guilty. We, the jury, find the defendant, William R. Bryan, guilty. After one year and nine months, Ahmad Arbery's family finally getting justice. After deliberating for a little more than 11 hours, the jury of 11 white men and women and one black man return guilty verdicts. The defendants then are ordered to remain in the custody of the sheriff, and we are adjourned. Travis McMichael was found guilty on all charges. His father, Gregory, guilty on eight of nine, including felony murder. And William Roddy Bryan found guilty of six charges, including aggravated assault and felony murder. All three men will likely spend the rest of their lives in prison. And the verdict today was a verdict based on the facts. Yes. Based on the evidence. Yes. And that was our goal, was to yes. bring that to that jury so that they could do the right thing. February 23, 2020, Ahmad Arbery was jogging through Satilla Shores, a mostly white community. Gregory and Travis McMichael chase Arbery in a pickup truck armed with a handgun and a 12-gauge. The McMichaels believe Arbery was a neighborhood burglary suspect. William Bryan joined the chase in his pickup truck, recording it on his cell phone. Gregory McMichael told investigators they chased Arbery until they had him trapped like a rat. The last thing seen on video is Travis McMichael shooting Arbery with his shotgun at point-blank range, and then Arbery collapsing to the ground where he died. They lost a son. That's right. This son will go down in history. During the trial, defense attorneys argued the men were trying to make a lawful citizen's arrest and that Travis McMichael killed Ahmad Arbery in self-defense. But prosecutors said there could be no citizen's arrest because no one witnessed Arbery stealing anything or committing a felony and that Travis McMichael could not claim self-defense because the video clearly shows he was the aggressor. The jury believed the prosecution agreed. What happened to Ahmad was murder. And when you present the truth to people and they Come can on. see it, right. they will do the right thing. Come on. And that's what this jury did today in getting justice for Ahmad Arbery. From inside the courtroom to outside the courthouse, people marched and gathered for weeks demanding justice for Ahmad. 
They were afraid the mostly white jurors would let the three men walk, and they did. Walk right back behind bars where they will stay, possibly for the rest of their natural lives. Now, Ahmad Arbery's parents, Wanda Cooper Jones and Marcus Arbery Sr., can rest after many months of sleepless nights and difficult days. They finally got the justice they prayed for. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Amen. I don't want to see no daddy watch the kid get left and shot down like that. It's been a long fight. It's been a hard fight. But God is good. One final snapshot of two mothers. In the back, Wanda Cooper Jones, finally getting justice for her son. And in front of her, Lee McMichael, her son and husband, are now convicted murderers. And so what's next? Well, Travis and Gregory McMichael, along with William Roddy Bryan, will make a trip just up the street and around the corner to federal court where they will be tried for federal hate crimes. One other note here, Yodit, you know, we talked a lot during the Derek Chauvin trial, and I asked myself a question when that case was over, and now I'm asking myself the same question, and it is simply this. What would have happened if there was no video? What would have happened if there was no video? In both of those cases, it was the video that led to the convictions. I still ask myself that question, and I'll keep asking myself that question, even though I know these three men have been convicted just like Derek Chauvin was. Just goes to show you the power of video. Hmm. As always, excellent reporting, Dre. Thank you so much. Now back to my legal panel with criminal defense attorney Sue Ann Robinson, former prosecutor Titus Nichols, and trial attorney Monique Presley. All right, guys. So the Arbery family, um, they've clearly been through so much for the past two years, especially Ahmad's mother. Uh, Miss Wanda Cooper Jones, who never gave up on exposing those who tried to bury this murder, uh, making sure that her son's case was in the proper hands of a prosecutor who cared about his life. And if not for her courage and her unwavering commitment to hold those guilty parties responsible, um, which eventually uncovered that now infamous recording, we wouldn't be having this discussion about guilty verdicts at all. So here's Miss Wanda Cooper Jones right now speaking to the press after the verdict was read. Take a listen. Early in, I never saw, I to tell you, I never saw this day back in 2020. Mm -hmm. I never thought this day would come, but God is good. And now, now Quez, which I, would you know him as Ahmad? I know him as Quez. Yes. He will now rest in peace. Yes. He will now rest in peace. Uh, Monique, you touched on this earlier. The family obviously can breathe now because they've gotten closure, but we often use that word justice when we get these righteous verdicts. Um, but today's verdict didn't bring justice to this family because it doesn't bring a mob back, right? Um, like you said, it does bring accountability, and that's the first step towards real justice, correct? Yes, and the system, you know, the justice system worked the way that it's supposed to eventually uh, and all of what it mm -hmm. took for that to happen is also a problem the fact that you have to fight 
that activists have to be on the ground, that you have to have, you know, people like Lee and Ben as great civil attorneys who are helping to coordinate uh, a fight and basically handing a case to a prosecutor so that prosecutors will do their jobs. I mean, all of the things that go into it make for accountability when the skin is of a certain color in this country. And that is shameful. That there's there's no other way to put it but to say that it is shameful that that's what it takes. Uh, but nothing has been easy since the birth of this nation, and nothing is easy now. So uh, when we get days like today, where the fight actually is worth it because we get a just outcome, I believe we take a breath and we we take in the fact that it's possible, uh, and then we wake up the next day and we fight again. Let's revisit that moment in court um, when the judge began reading the verdict forms. Um, let's take a listen to this, guys, and I'll get your thoughts on the, the back end. Count one, malice murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Oh. I'm going to ask that whoever just made an outburst be removed from the court, please. Now, that was a mom's father, Marcus Arbery, um, <laughs> who couldn't help but express sheer joy the second he heard not guilty. I mean, we understand the emotion, right? But the judge had him removed from the courtroom. Titus, we're not used to this. We, you know, um, having the criminal legal system actually work for us. In fact, President Biden weighed in by saying that this verdict reflected our justice system working. But this case is the exception and not the rule. Your thoughts? It's definitely the, an example of how people in power will try to cover up for others. And you have to see that in this case, the first prosecutor and the second prosecutor used their position and the authority to cover up for the three murderers. This case only came mm -hmm. to where it came today because of the activists, Lee and Benjamin Crump, who fought to have the video released and fought so that the prosecution would go forward. Because if it hadn't been for them, this would have been written off as a self-defense case. So this is an example of just what happens when people are willing to fight and stand up to those in power who decide to abuse their authority, which is exactly what the original prosecutors in this case had done. But today was just an example of what happened when people fight hard. As far as the father's reaction, honestly, I, I can't blame him at all. If I was in that situation, I'd probably be doing backflips on the courtroom. Suanne, I'll give you the last word on this issue. Absolutely. Power concedes nothing without demand. And I think there's many paths to reform and a revolution. And I think you do it one case at a time. As Ms. Presley said, we look, we're up. We have motivation to fight another day. And Marcus Arbery Sr. is the realist. That's just who he is. He's not going to you know, be performative or change his personality or be somebody else. He, that's the emotion he felt, and that's what he expressed. And he absolutely deserved that moment. All right. So that was from um, making the case with Yodita Wald uh, today on the Black News Channel, uh, Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. She had a panel. And uh, you heard uh, Monique Presley. She was, Monique was also on Roland Martin Unfiltered today. Roland was not going to, he was not scheduled to broadcast today, but 
um, because they, um, they're taking a, um, a break for the holiday. But because the verdict came out today, uh, he went on and broadcasted and Monique was a panelist on Roland Martin Unfiltered today. She's a brilliant attorney. Uh, I've been a co-panelist with her once on Roller Martin Unfiltered. So normally I'm on Friday. She's normally on Thursdays. Normally I'm on Fridays. Uh, no, she's normally on, um, I think she's normally on Wednesday. She's normally on with, uh, A. Scott Bowden and, uh, Robert Patillo. I think she's normally on Wednesdays. I'm on Fridays. So we won't be on this Friday because of the holiday. So I'll be back on next Friday on Roller Martin Unfiltered. All right, let's go back now. I want to revisit something we talked about on Tuesday's show. Tuesday, while deliberations were taking place, we talked about this story here from the New York Times. Uh, the jury will now weigh multiple interlocking charges in the Arbery murder trial. And we talked about the complication in the charges, right? You remember this from yesterday's show. Uh, the task uh, with the jury is not just a matter of deciding between uh, guilty or not guilty on a particular charge. The jurors must sort through a matrix of interlocking charges and different forms of culpability that can depend on one another. Okay, so we went through and broke this down on Tuesday's show. So we'll be rebroadcasting. We, we broadcast these shows throughout the day on our Facebook fan page, the African history network, our YouTube channel, Michael M hotel. And these are in audio podcast format. Uh, download the iHeartRadio app, search for the African history network show, go to our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. Click on listen to podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from search for the African history network show. Uh, here are some of the complications. Could they all be guilty of what any of them did? Okay. They go through and break this down. Under the law, if the jury finds that one of the men committed felony, a felony, it can convict them all of that crime on the basis that they were acting together. The issue is especially important for, for William Bryan, whose lawyer has tried to distance him from the other two defendants, arguing that William Bryan was just a witness to events and had no hand in actually harming the Montauburi. Now, William Bryan was unarmed. He did not have a gun. The other two had a gun. Does it matter that the men, does it matter what the men set out to do to convict on the top charge of malice murder? The jury would have to find that the men had a deliberate intention to kill without considerable provocation, without considerable provocation. But the other murder charges in the indictment do not depend on whether the three men meant to kill Ahmad Arbery. Okay, so when we look at what they were convicted on, once again, uh, let's go to um, Associated Press here. Let's flip over to Associated Press and the guilty verdict. And then we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go to uh, an explanation of um, malice murder and why, um, Brian was found guilty on less charges. Okay, so if we look at malice murder, he was found not guilty, uh, William Bryan. All right. Um, and Greg McMichael was found not guilty because Travis McMichael was the only one who fired a shot. 
Travis McMichael was found guilty on malice murder. Greg McMichael, the father was found not guilty. He had a gun, but didn't fire it. William Bryan was found not guilty because he didn't have a gun. Okay, so let's go to, um, and as I, as I said on yesterday's show, William Bryan, I, I said William Bryan could be found guilty on less charges than the other two. Uh, def- let's see. Defense lawyers have argued that the men were attempting to make assistance arrest and kill. Okay, self-defense. The, pros- the prosecution has argued that they had no justification for a citizen's arrest and could not claim self-defense because they instigated the confrontation. The lesser charges create four paths to felony murder. The lesser charges create four paths to felony murder. The men are accused of four other serious felonies besides murder, but each one of those charges could also lead to a murder conviction. Under Georgia state law, causing a person's death in the course of committing another felony is murder. Causing a person's death in the in the course of committing another felony is murder irrespective of malice. In other words, regardless of whether the death was intentional or accidental. Okay. So if the jurors find the man guilty of any of these crimes, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, the shotgun, aggravated assault with something likely to cause serious bodily harm, pickup trucks, a false, a false imprisonment, the citizen's arrest or attempted false imprisonment, and then find Ahmad Arbery's death was caused along the way, they could convict the men of felony murder as well without having to find that they intended or tried to kill him. Let us see, this is under Georgia state law. The state laws vary from, from state to state. That's why, it's, that's why it's really hard trying to compare cases, um, even if it's a self-defense case in different states because you have to look at the state laws. Laws vary from state to state. In Wisconsin, their state law allows that you can claim self-defense even if you were the one that provoked the situation. Georgia state law doesn't doesn't allow that. So those that maybe this is your first time watching the show, we broke all this stuff down here on this show. Okay, so let's go to um, so this was so we talked about this on Tuesday show while deliberations were taking take what the deliberations were taking place. The jury will now weigh multiple interlocking charges in the Arbery murder trial. Now I want to go to, um, let me see, do we have this up here from, okay. Let me go back quickly to this to fastcompany.com. This deals with, and we've talked about it here a number of times on this show. Um, the origins of the citizens arrest law going back to 1863 during the civil war when georgia was part of the confederacy they were committing treason against the union based upon article 3 section 3 of the u.s constitution they took up arms to maintain slavery and they went to war with the u.s the insurrection what took place january 6 at the u.s capitol building the attack on the capitol the insurrection that's a continuation of the u.s civil war you can draw a direct line from the insurrection in the U.S. Civil War, you can draw a direct line from that to what took place January 6th. But if we look at this quickly here, this goes back to 1863. Okay. Um, 
Let's see here. All right. Last week, a House panel in Georgia started debating whether to revise or repeal the state citizen's arrest law, which was established in 1863 to allow uh, white people to uh, allow white people to be able to capture slaves fleeing to join the Union Army during the Civil War. Okay, established in 1863 to allow white people to uh, capture slaves fleeing to join the Union Army during the Civil War. Okay, so read this here from fastcompany.com. It goes through and deals with the history of the citizens' arrest laws. And they go back to 1661 in uh, Barbados. They go back to 1661. Well, they, they actually go back to 1285 AD in England uh, with King Edward and the statute of Winchester. Okay. Uh, 1285 AD. Um, and then they go to 1661 in Barbados. Okay. Now this right here, this is a picture. This is a depiction. A woodcut from the abolitionist anti-slavery almanac 1839. You know, the, the, now the Underground Railroad is founded right around 1831. This is in 1839. It depicts the capture of a fugitive slave by a slave patrol. Okay. Anti-slavery almanac, abolitionist almanac. Uh, so they deal with, uh, they also deal with uh, 1661. In Barbados, in 1661, Barbados passed the first slave code, which among a slew of other regulations required uh, slaves who were away from the plantation to hold passes from their masters and allowed any white man to stop them and ask to view those passes. So this article goes into the history of the of the origins of the citizens arrest laws. Okay. So, okay, read that article. Now I want to go to uh, this one here. This is from um, NBC News. And I want to cue this clip up also. Just bear with me because I'm doing everything. We're not on uh we're not on the radio, so I don't have my board operator uh tonight. Uh okay, so this article here from this article here from um uh, NBC News. Just a second. All right. So this one here from uh, NBC News. All right. Now, this one deals with why uh, was only one defendant in the Mod Arbery's 
killing guilty of malice murder. Okay, Travis McMichael uh, was convicted of the malice murder charge while his father, Gregory McMichael, and the neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, were not. Legal experts say they're not surprised that a Georgia jury reached guilty verdicts for a felony murder, for felony murder and other charges Wednesday at, uh, against the three white men on trial in the shooting death of Ahmaud Abir. Now, as, as I said on this show, they're going to be found guilty. I said all three of them are going to be found guilty. I said William Bryan could be found guilty on less charges, but I said, no, all three are going to be found guilty. You know, we, we covered this case, covered this trial every day um, of the basically of the trial. We've covered it. I said they're going to be found guilty. Even even though it was uh, 11 white people and one African-American, the evidence was overwhelming. I said they're going to be found guilty. All right, now. Um, but Travis McMichael, the 35 year old, the man wielding the shotgun who pulled the trigger was found guilty of an additional charge, malice murder, whereas his co-defendants, his father, uh, Greg McMichael and their neighbor, William Bryan, uh, were not. Now Paige, uh, uh, Pat, a Georgia defense lawyer, who is not affiliated with the case said the jury's finding makes sense. The jury's finding makes sense. Malice murder, he said, is akin to first degree murder to a first degree murder charge in other states. Malice murder in Georgia is akin to a first degree murder charge in other states, as, as I already stated. According to Georgia law, it means someone, it means someone had a deliberate intention unlawfully to take the life of another human being in which they weren't provoked and demonstrated, quote, an abandoned and malignant heart, end quote, or essentially it was done out of ill will. It was done out of ill will. Okay, this is malice murder. It means someone had a deliberate intention unlawfully to take the life of another human being and demonstrated an abandoned and malignant heart or it essentially it was done out of ill will. The prosecution successfully argued that as the person who decided to fire the weapon, Travis met Michael, throw this up here. Travis met Michael was malicious in a charge that carries a life sentence. Prosecutors also made it clear that malice murder can be committed in a split second. Malice murder can be com committed in a split second and leaned into the idea that Travis McMichael grew angry when Ahmad Arbery did not heed his commands to stop. In addition, all three defendants were found guilty of various counts of felony murder uh, a charge typically brought against someone who was an accomplice in a person's death, but did not physically kill. Okay. Now I want to go to, uh, I want to go to this clip here. This is from uh, NBC news and let me see, do 
All right, hold on, let's. All right, let's go to this clip. Let's try to figure out what exactly happened there with that jury and bring in Danny Savalos. So, Danny, uh, the big headline here, though, Greg, uh, Travis McMichael, the man who pulled the trigger, held the gun, pulled the trigger, killed them all at Ahmaud Arbery, found guilty of all nine counts. His father not found guilty of malice murder. That's count one. Why would the jury decide that? That's an interesting result. So what the jury is essentially saying is that Travis McMichael committed felonies. Those felonies resulted in the death of Ahmad Arbery and that he intended, at least with malice, as that's defined in the law, to shoot and kill Ahmad Arbery. What the jury concluded apparently as to his father was that he was guilty of all the felonies, false imprisonment, aggravated assault with the car, all of those things, threatening him with a gun, and that those felonies caused the death of Ahmad Arbery, although they concluded that he did not actually cause the death with malice. They may have just been concluding that, hey, you know, because only one person fired the gun, that's the person we're going to get with malice murder, and everybody else, they committed felonies, and the resulting conduct was that somebody died. That's about all you need for felony murder. Break down what happened with William Roddy Bryan, because he was found not guilty on three of the counts, but guilty on the rest. Yeah, I'm still playing catch up on William Roddy Bryan, and I thought he was the only one who had a path to acquittal because he never possessed a gun, and there was evidence that he didn't know really until the last second that this was uh, that the other guys had guns but from my count here and i think we'll wait for the official tallies it makes sense in that if they weren't going to find uh father mcmichael uh guilty on the malice murder then they probably weren't going to find uh, roddy bryant guilty of the malice murder but then you get to the count two and that was aggravated assault with a firearm no surprise there because the jury likely concluded that he had no firearm they could have concluded that he was a party to the guys who did have firearms but in this case they must have concluded that the ag assault with the firearm was not something william roddy bryant did but when they got to the aggravated assault with a car an aggravated assault is just essentially scaring the heck out of somebody with a giant vehicle, uh, that can be aggravated assault. And if a death results, then you have felony murder. So the jury did conclude that as to the aggravated assault with a motor vehicle, uh, that William Roddy Bryant was committing an aggravated assault. And I thought that was a likely outcome, that they would either conclude that he only committed those felonies, but the felonies didn't cause the death, or they would conclude that all of these felonies led to the death. It is still very confusing, but William Roddy Bryant was convicted on at least one count of felony murder. Correct. Explain that. The felony murder is essentially an unintentional murder that happens as the result of a, a dangerous felony. In this case, there were several predicate felonies charged. They appear later in the indictment. False imprisonment, aggravated assault, and that aggravated assault could be predicated based on either a firearm or a motor vehicle. A motor vehicle is a weapon, and it's something that you can use to scare someone. False imprisonment in that they restrained Ahmad Arbery's movement without privilege, and that without privilege is the magic words that say that they concluded there was no citizen's arrest here. All right, so that is uh, from NBC News, and that's uh, uh, legal analyst Danny Sabalas uh, for NBC News. All right. So check out the uh, article here from Associated Press. Three men charged in the Mala Berry's death convicted of murder. Check out the live updates. Uh, we've been sharing those each night from New York Times. Because uh, I have subscriptions to New York Times, Washington Post. So I, I read the New York Times, Washington Post every day. Um, and they had some 
really, really good coverage. Three men are found guilty of murdering Ahmaud Arbery. Um, New York Times. They go through and they have a number of articles here because uh, I printed out a lot of this. And let me see if there's anything that I'm missing before we get out of here. Uh, let's see here. Okay, now this one here also talks about um, felony murder as well. What page is that? Page nine. So I printed this out. Uh, okay, this is Linda Donikowski, lead prosecutor. She did a fantastic job of prosecuting the case. Okay, uh, Mott Iberry defendants were convicted of felony murder, a charge that has drawn scrutiny. Statutes like the one in Georgia, which carries a mandatory life sentence, have been denounced by some critics who say that they can lead to overly harsh punishment, punishments for accomplices to murder. But supporters of the laws argue that they allow prosecutors to adequately punish people who contributed to another's death. In the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, only Travis McMichael, who fairly shot Ahmaud Arbery, was convicted of malice murder, meaning jurors found that he intended to kill Ahmad Arbery. The other two defendants, Travis McMichael, uh, Gregory McMichael, the father, and William Bryan, their neighbor, were convicted of felony murder, uh, meaning jurors concluded that the man caused Ahmad Arbery's death while committing another felony. Okay, whereas with malice murder, um, uh, the jurors uh, concluded. Uh, that uh, Travis McMichael intended to kill Ahmaud Arbery. Jurors found that although neither Gregory McMichael nor William Bryan had shot Ahmaud Arbery, they had nonetheless contributed to his death by committing crimes, including aggravated assault. The felony murder charge carries the same sentence as malice murder, life in prison the felony murder charge carries the same uh sentence as malice murder life in prison and a judge will decide at sentencing at a sentencing hearing whether any of the men will be considered for parole after 30 years in prison okay um all right so read the rest of this here So um, attorney Benjamin Crump said something like very, very important today. He said he hopes the, the standard, a pre, he hopes a precedence is not set that to get justice for an African-American uh, and he said minorities, but specifically for, for African-Americans in a situation like this, there cannot be a precedent set that you have to have video to be able to get a conviction. Luckily there was video and William Bryan recorded it himself. Luckily there was video, but we can't have a precedence where 
if you don't have video and all the other facts are the same, if you don't have video, then you can't get a conviction. Because that's a dangerous precedence. That's a dangerous precedence to set. All right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to recap here for those just tuning in. Also, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We're here six days a week, the African History Network show. Um, broadcast on 9 10 a.m superstation wfdf usually monday through friday 11 p.m to midnight and sundays 9 p.m to 11 p.m eastern standard time um on our facebook page our youtube channel and on 9 10 a.m the superstation wfdf here in detroit i'm a radio talk show host here in detroit today is a special broadcast uh, because of the uh holiday the radio station is not airing live shows they're rebroadcasting shows so Originally, on my Tuesday show, I said we'd be back live Sunday, but because this story broke today, because the verdict came out today, I said, all right, we'll do a special broadcast today. Um, but this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. So when you go to it, uh, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. Uh, that is not me. Okay, so if you donated to those in the past, contact Cash App, let them know uh, to give you your money back. Those, those are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. And then uh, you can also register for the uh, online courses I teach on uh, Saturdays and Sundays uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And um, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. All right, we'll be back. We'll be right back uh, and recap what happened today. Kwanzaa is coming, and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. 
Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. Because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at diewillie.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. Uh, now, for American business owners, post your name in your business here on the thread of the broadcast. And email us at ehnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Okay, and we'll post information here. All right, so for those who uh, tuned in late, just a recap of what took place today. And if you've been following us on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, and then we posted about it. Uh, so today in a uh, Glenn County uh, court, the three men who were on trial for murdering Ahmad Arbery, they were found guilty. Um, we see that. Let me see. Let me go back to this here. We see that. Um, Congressman Michael was found guilty on all nine counts. Congressman Michael was uh, found guilty on all nine counts. We see his father, Greg McMichael, uh, was found guilty on eight out of nine counts, and their neighbor, William Bryan, was found guilty on six out of nine counts. When we look uh, at a breakdown of uh, the count and guilty and not guilty, malice murder, one count each. Uh, Greg McMichael, William Bryan found not guilty on malice murder. Captain Michael, who fired uh, the shots, fired three shots, two hit him out of He was found guilty on malice murder. Felony murder, four counts each. Greg McMichael, Captain Michael found guilty. On all four counts of felony murder, William Bryan found guilty on three counts, not guilty on one count of felony murder. Aggravated assault, two counts each. Greg McMichael and Travis McMichael found guilty on both counts of aggravated assault. William Bryan found guilty on one count, not guilty on another. False imprisonment, one count each. All three found guilty of false imprisonment. And criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. Uh, one count each, all three found guilty on one count each of uh, criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. All right, so this should be a lesson to uh, some of you all to leave black people the hell alone. This is the moral of this story. <laughs> the moral of this story is leave black people the hell alone. 
okay? <laughs> if they just call the police and say he went that away. Uh, Ahmad would still be alive and they wouldn't be in prison, you know, but, you know, you, you had to play slave catcher and, uh, <laughs> look, look where it got you. All right. <laughs> so you had to play slave catcher and, and, and look where it got. You. All right. So look. Uh, follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. And uh, turn on live notifications, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll let you uh, turn on live notifications so you know when we go live. If you like this broadcast, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart. Sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. The 22828 is kind of for our email newsletter. And uh, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, uh, either in person or virtually, because I do lectures, many of you all know that, email me at aa10show at africanhistorynetwork.com. Kwanzaa's coming up, Dr. King Day, African American History Month, et cetera. Um, so email me at aa10show at africanhistorynetwork.com. Watch me. Usually each Friday on Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm a panelist on Roland Martin Unfiltered also. Uh, as a panelist last Friday, I posted a clip uh, on from last Friday on, uh, was that the 19th? I posted, there was a clip and I posted on, on Instagram and Facebook. And I think in that clip we were talking about, uh, yeah, we were talking about Kevin Goff. Defense attorney Kevin Golf and attacking African American pastors, things like that. Okay, uh, he was William Bryan's uh, defense attorney, and I was on with uh, Candace Kelly. Now Candace Kelly and I were sometimes co-panelists for Roland Martin Unfiltered, but she does legal analysis on the Black News Channel. So we played uh, for this trial as well as the R. Kelly trial. Uh, we played her on Start Your Day. She does legal analysis on Start Your Day, uh, the morning show on the Black News Channel. She's excellent. Also, I was on with Kelly Bathia um, as well, who's also an attorney. So I was the only one who was an attorney. Roland was out of town. He was on the road doing uh, interviews. So uh, my frat brother, Professor uh, Ray Baker, sat in for Roland uh, last Friday, November 19th. And let's see, let's go to, uh, so we posted that video. Let's see, can we pull this up here? Um, we'll share this clip here of what I said dealing with um, this trial. Now, this is before I went to uh, jury uh, deliberation. Let's see if we can uh, pull this clip up. Oh, actually, you know what? I have it on the. Um, I have it on the hard drive. So we can go to it. What is that under download? Okay, right here. To say in 2021, in the year of our Lord, in Glen County, Georgia, after your client is part of a collection of men who shot and killed an unarmed black jarber. 
that a, what was happening by black preachers outside of a courthouse is equivalent to a 21st century public lynching. Mm -hmm. What type of goal, plan, motive, or idea are you trying to communicate and to who by even saying that? Well, defense attorney Kevin Goff is trying to appeal to one, maybe two white jurors from the South, who, they're all Southerners, but one or two white jurors who will be sympathetic to these good old boys and they have a hung jury, okay? They, they, they'll they say, okay, he's not guilty, all right? And we know it has to be uh, unanimous, uh, uh, you know, 12 uh, it has to be unanimous. So uh, now this is after, he, he, kept, he, he kept hitting on this point. OK, first it was Reverend Al Sharpton. Then it was uh, Jesse Jackson, but it was Reverend. It was actually Reverend William Barber, the third uh, Reverend William Barber, the second. He didn't know the difference between the two of them. I guess all uh, light skinned African-American pastors with wavy hair look alike. OK, then they oh, show no. up in mass. Then they show up in mass uh, yesterday. OK, now this is after Travis McMichael got destroyed on the witness stand for a second day by uh, uh, lead prosecutor uh, Lisa Donikowski. And he admitted that. Ahmaud Arbery never verbally threatened him or brandished a weapon during the five minutes that he and his father and William Bryan chased Ahmaud Arbery. He, was, he kept running away from them. And he never said, uh, uh, citizens arrest or you're under arrest. And they never told the police that they're trying to effectuate a citizen's arrest. Okay. So this is, so this is what he did in court today, defense attorney Kevin Goff, after, uh, Travis McMichael, who shot and killed Ahmaud Arbery got destroyed on a witness stand yesterday. So they know he's a dead man walk. Okay. He's just trying to maybe, you know, try to, uh, put in these objections to maybe try to set up some type of appeal after the conviction, what have you, but he knows he's a dead man walk. All right. So that was, <laughs> that was my prediction last Friday. <laughs> That was even before we went to jury deliberation. That was my prediction last Friday. <laughs> and we see what happened. All right. Look, we had to get out of here. Um, thanks for tuning in to the special edition of the African History Network show. We'll be back Monday. I mean, we'll be back Sunday, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sunday, we're on two hours early. Sundays, we're on 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time has been my time slot for, um, Five years on that and the implication WFDF. Okay, look, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember the African History Network, we focus on educating and empowering to find people of African descent who want to diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. Uh, have a safe uh, weekend and uh, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I may do a special, I don't know, maybe do a special broadcast dealing with the real history of uh, Thanksgiving. Well, actually, we'll talk about that probably on Sunday. We may talk about that on Sunday. Show. The real history of Thanksgiving and the Wampanoag Native Americans and what happened at the what's known as the first Thanksgiving, um, fifteen twenty one. Um, we may we may deal with that. Um, because when I when I deal with that history, I deal with it from the Native Americans' perspective. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not the perspective of European. <laughs> okay. So look, we have to get out of here. Remember, right now, spirits wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Uh, actually, read um, read African People in European Holidays and Mental Genocide by Dr. Shaka Musa Barashango. Put my copy of the book. Put up a new book. Store.
that read African people in European holidays, a mental genocide by Dr. Shakamusa Barashango, because he talks about um, um, Misgiving Day. He talks about Misgiving Day in here. This is book one. He has a book one and a book two. Okay, this is book one. And Let me see this. Christmas, uh, Feast of the Unity Family, Emoja Karamu, Karamu. Uh, let's see. And okay, yeah, page one. He talks about historical roots of Misgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day literally is a holiday celebrating the beginnings of the almost total extermination of an of an entire race of people commonly called Indian, and the enslavement and continued oppression and genocide of the African uh, of the African by European settlers. In the succeeding pages of the study, we will observe that Thanksgiving Day is indeed a celebration of horrors. Now, that that does not mean I totally understand being with family and all that stuff on Thanksgiving Day. I'm not saying don't be with family. I'm not saying don't eat or anything like that. We're talking about this European celebration of Thanksgiving that basically originates the National Day of Thanksgiving basically originates during about 1863 during the Civil War, okay? So we're talking about this, this European concept of Thanksgiving, which was supposed to commemorate the first, their concept of the first Thanksgiving in 1621, which is um, really a distorted concept of what happened. We'll deal with this on Thursday, because this is late and I'm tired. Uh, we'll deal with this uh, uh, or Sunday show. We'll break this down on Sunday show, okay? For over 100 years now, black folks in the United States have joined with the descendants of the same European murderers, uh, uh, mur the same European murderers who enslaved them. I think he meant to say murderers. Who enslaved them and systematically all but destroyed the American Indian and feasting and giving thanks to God for the quote-unquote opportunity to live in one of the most racist imperialist and oppressive countries on earth. Uh, Dr. Shakamusa Bereshanga was no joke, <laughs> all right? Uh, he goes on to say, black people celebrated Thanksgiving Day is like the Americans celebrating the bombing of Pearl Harbor or the or, or, or Jews celebrating the rise of the Third Reich or the Palestinian, Palestinian celebrating the intrusion of the settler colony, um, okay, uh, into Israel or moreover, the millions of Zulu descendants who are being murdered by the by the thousands each day celebrated celebrating the establishment of the Union of South Africa. Okay, so this this book um, uh, came out in 1979 when apartheid was taking place in South Africa. So he talked about misgiving day. Um, There was a excerpt of on 
Joanne Reed show readout uh, today on MSNBC. She actually did a segment dealing with um, the, the history of the, the first Thanksgiving and how that and how the um, the popular version of it of what happened is distorted. And she and she interviews some Native Americans to deal with um, understanding that history from the Native American perspective. Deal with that today. We'll talk about that on Sunday. All right, I gotta get out of here. I guess I'm Right now, Scooby's wrong behavior is not over till we win. We'll kind of forever. We'll talk to you Sunday. Peace. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. Because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's the Oscar the Ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself 
through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.